Hello and welcome to Wild and Untamed. I have a beautiful dear sister of mine, Chelsea Zona, who is the founder of Chrysalis and is a force of nature and embodied leadership. And she is so dear to my heart. She is such the epitome of what she teaches and I'm really, really excited to have this conversation, this drop in with her today. So Chelsea, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to share this space with you and to dive into all these juicy topics that we've been exploring over the past few months, almost a year together. Um, Yeah, and we were just dropping in and speaking beforehand and something that's really present in our field at the moment and since we actually first met we were talking about the different iterations and the importance of sisterhood and the pieces that we've moved through like as a coven as a sisterhood since meeting in may last year i think i came into the the space that you guys had already established um a really beautiful sisterhood that welcomed me in and I think that this is something where embodiment like your embodiment your sovereignty as the work that we do the work that we explore really gets actually tested because it's very easy to go and like be a monk and like <laughs> live in the jungle and be in isolation and that was definitely my journey was taking myself off into the jungle like doing all this self-practice doing all of the energetic practices but your embodiment and your leadership truly gets tested when you come into relationship with others we're not meant to be in isolation from one another and some of our deepest teachings and deepest lessons come through the ways that we relate so i would love for you to share a little bit about like the story actually of the sisterhood and the pieces that we were like <laughs> dropping in with and the themes because this is going to evolve into a real exploration around the different dynamics and the importance of anchoring in not just who you are but then how you navigate these relationships with sisters and beyond yeah i think that's so important and i love that you said it's really better when we are evolving together it's almost like we're each mirrors and we there's a phase in our awakening journey where we learn through the mirror of the person in front of us and it's like we are almost like attracting and magnetizing the exact things that we need to heal to come into unconditional love and so i think there's a it, it, i see it as like this bell curve it's like we kind of start out alone and having a lot of these like traumatic relationships and then we slowly get into more and more and more connection and kind of learning through the mirrors of each other And then at some point, we also come back into oneness and like sacred aloneness. And so I think we're kind of all in this journey of like really diving into sisterhood and growing in unconditional love with each other. And last year, a lot of us were completely like sovereign with our sexual energy. Celibate as fuck. Completely (laughs) completely celibate. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The, the entire coven, like, what, there were seven, eight of us? Yeah. None, like, none of us sharing our sexual energy. Like, but just... Not even of, opening to any sort of men. No, like, we were all like, a fuck no. <laughs> like, rules down. And doing these divine union rituals with each other, like, on the weekends. Like, yeah. 
manifesting our king, like coming into this place of total trust. And what it did was it created this deep, deep sisterhood. Like we really got so in this witchy vortex with one another, doing these rituals, creating such a deep level of like unconditional love and trust with each other. And it's interesting to see this year, you know, over the summer, we kind of all open to beautiful relationships with like incredible men. Um, you know, you know, one of our girlfriends ended up meeting her like life partner. And so it was beautiful, like seeing this. And now that we're kind of coming back, we're exploring even opening ourselves to the same men, which has been really interesting and wild and bringing up all kinds of beautiful things. And it's really because we anchored ourselves in this strong sisterhood, I think we're kind of like exploring what it means to open ourselves and anchor in unconditional love while almost like expanding our nervous system and our capacity for love with men inside of this sisterhood it's been really wild it's really it is really wild and it's really fascinating as like you look back as to actually how having this really supportive sisterhood actually gives you the building blocks for navigating then relationships so sisterhood has been a really powerful space to play with embodied inner union like how you navigate sticky conversations. And because like we were saying last year, like nobody was contaminating the field, the collective <laughs> field with external sexual energy, we were really in this pure vortex of communication with one another. Yeah. And we were still like playing and still having these beautiful like sisterhood circles where we were witnessing one another in our eras. We did that for your birthday where we would all just like take time and space in the center being witnessed by a group of beautiful women celebrating you while you were in your erotic energy. So it was all of these polarity practices that we were playing with within sisterhood that actually I feel like has given us a really solid foundation but like you say, then expanding into inviting the masculine in because you played with, okay, what does it look like to really embody this template of communication, of being seen and heard and loved and accepted within sisterhood yeah. to then actually cultivate the nervous system safety, like you said, to then expand upon. Because I think as well, the blessing of having sisterhood that we've experienced is stuff does come up yeah like so much comes up not just not just like when you invite men in but like just the sisterhood wound yeah. like the sisterhood wound of like being betrayed or not feeling like you fit in or like feeling like maybe pushed out of the group because so many of us have experienced that yeah that wound yeah yeah I feel that I feel that we did a really good job of creating this beautiful space of trust and support and like specifically in our businesses and our creations and, and then in our eroticism and watching each other really open in our own sexual energy and our own eroticism and like supporting one another in that. And a lot of times like, you know, in sisterhood wounds, seeing another woman in her complete liberated sexual energy can feel threatening. And we created such a beautiful space where like, I don't think that came up for any of us, we were just like yeah. really in it with each other and like fully supporting. And because there was no men in the space, there was nothing to compete with. We were just like 
supporting one another's like journey of expansion and that felt super nourishing yeah yeah <laughs> and it's almost like you start off like anchoring your own nervous system and you start off in your own energy and really feeling your own liberation in your own body and then when you bring sisters together and you start expanding into what it feels like to do this in a trusted container of women that's an, another level and then the third level i feel is doing this with men and then lastly it's like coming into divine union with both pieces mm -hmm. it's like sitting in that space of wow i can feel this with myself i can feel this with my sisters i can feel this with men and i'm the same person in all of them there's no mask that i carry in any of these you know states of, of being and i think that's like really important and i think it's like a level of unconditional love that we develop in that expansion and I think, like, I love that you bought this this piece of it starts with self, as it always does. And then you get to play with your parameters yeah. and witness when I bring other into dynamic, whether that be through sisterhood, whether that be through men full stop, or whether it be with my person, ultimately, it's bringing you deeper into the layers of yourself. And when you bring other people who hold these different frequencies and these different experiences, you receive different triggers or you receive different mirrors to be able to recognize those blind spots that you may yeah. still be holding in your field that you then get to dissolve and choose to expand into. And we were saying like, what's interesting as well is especially when you bring men into the field, the pieces around jealousy, the pieces yeah. around competition, the pieces around not being chosen come up. And this is the deeper layers and the deeper layers of triggering of, you know, I've experienced a lot of the wounding around not being chosen, like feeling exes exes as competition or like feeling jealous of the next person and then perpetuating a wound of not feeling chosen and all of those pieces so they're wounds as well that have been worked upon within self and then it's really interesting because we were sharing the threads that are showing up this season in sisterhood and in bringing in men into the field around the amplification of these wounds and actually interesting how we're all navigating with a very limited pool yeah. of men <laughs> and so there's a Purposely. lot <laughs> yeah and yeah. i'm so i'm really curious as to like the pieces that you've been witnessing coming up and mm -hmm. yeah 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 this is a great question i think over the summer i entered a container with a man where I was really able to explore my boundaries and my edges and really discern the difference between a boundary and an edge. And I was able to expand my capacity to receive and also like really, really get clear on what my yes is and what my no is. Mm -hmm. And I think that was really important for me because in the past, I think there was a part of me that was very like boundless, like very like, it wasn't that I didn't have boundaries, it was that I wanted to merge so deeply with someone that I didn't necessarily, um, I wasn't very like anchored in my know. And this summer I was really able to explore those edges through an incredible experience with a man who uh, was in a partnership, in an open partnership. 
and he had certain agreements with his partner. And so I was able to really honor those agreements and really honor my own agreements and learn how to like have the seductress, that the, the sexual energy, and then also know when to tame it and when to contain it and when to allow it to run free. And I think that that was really powerful because I gained such an inner trust with myself. And now that I'm expanding into like opening to other people, that inner sense of no gives me such a sense of security where I feel like I can like fully open and fully expand, yet I have such a clear like inner discernment and inner authority in that space where I feel really safe. And now that we're kind of like inviting men into our like witchy coven, yeah. it's like they're also experiencing our connection with each other. And they're like, wow, I want to, you know, connect with you and connect with you. And we're kind of just like exploring what this actually means to open up this container with all of us yeah. in certain ways. And that's been really unique <laughs> really unique and also like what you're sharing around this no i feel like is really important to recognize and yeah. when you are in desire when you're doing this work of liberation of dissolving these walls of coming deeper into yourself having a clear yes and a clear no is actually i feel this integrated masculine yes it's the template of your inner king it's the template of the guardian of your heart, what I'm available for, what I'm not available for. And having done all of this work around trauma and recognizing like your own patterns, it gives you the capacity to then recognize, like you said, what's an edge that's going to actually feel maybe exciting and maybe a little bit scary, but more exciting than scary, but it still feels I've got myself in this yes. as opposed to the the boundary which is if i cross this i have the potential for perpetuating a cycle of trauma exactly and so it's like you have to have done like the work within yourself to be able to discern that for yourself and holding yourself in those in the relationships whether it's sisterhood whether it's the masculine and it was really interesting as well that we were all in such a safe feminine flow and container and really expanding our feminine frequency last year it feels yes. like and then everybody's come deeper into this inner masculine integration that then actually gives you the capacity to invite real men in exactly this is how i feel too yeah <laughs> of course this is why we're having this conversation this is why we're here and it's really special that all of us we're kind of in the, I mean, obviously we're energetic matches for each other, but it's almost like we found each other at the same time, all going through the same thing and anchoring the same frequency. Like last year, we all really came into our inner queen and we got to feel what that felt like to be fully liberated in ourselves. And then this summer, it's like we all kind of went back to our own, you know, parts of the world and we anchored our inner king and we really got to feel what that felt like without even talking all summer. Yeah. We were kind of all doing this. Yeah. And then when we came back, it was like, we all felt really passionate about the inner king. Like we had a group of friends that created a program for men. We've been talking about creating a king's temple, like really creating this inner anchor of the king. I've been diving into men's work and king because it feels like all of our inner masculines are now really deeply coming online so that we can, our queen and our king can meet in divine union. And I think that's also why a lot of us are getting really close to actually experiencing divine union not just like partnership not just like 
you know, casual relationship, but really like meeting our, our, our match, like our inner self, our oneness state of being. It's like we're meeting ourselves there and finding out what that feeling of unconditional love feels like and how to actually get there versus having these like trauma bonds or these connections of feeling like our heart wanting to open and then close. And, you know, that's been my story of like my heart is opening and then something happens and I'm like, Eek. Mm-hmm. and then I shut it again. And it's like learning how to live with my heart open and what that takes in both the feminine and the masculine to like anchor that, that state of inner union. And that's, and I love, and I feel like I adore you for how fully you do live with an open heart. Like, I always feel like whenever I see you, like, I could just feel your heart wide open. And it's like this really beautiful, and we hear it a lot, like, oh, you're just going to live with an open heart. But actually, like, to your point, to be able to hold an open heart, the open-heartedness and that, like, willingness, that boundlessness of love is the feminine, but being able to hold Mm -hmm. that heart open and to know I've got me. Yeah. Like, if you drop me, I've got me, yeah. as opposed to being that, like, in that kind of shadow maiden energy where you're like, oh, catch me. Yeah. You. And then needing to be saved yeah. or being overflowing and not being able to have that masculine container around your own love. Yeah. Which is really important because mm-hmm. you could have a really massive container around that love. You could really have your heart open, but there's still something, like, holding you, and it's, like, your own container and rather than like and as you're describing it like if you're watching us on youtube um (laughs) rather than it being a container like this i feel like it's the the fact it's like how far the ground spans because that is boundless right and it's just how much space we decide to take up of that grounded being that is holding and supporting and expanding with that overflow, that, that opening of the heart. And we were dropping in and discussing, like, it's really interesting witnessing as well different dynamics that are kind of presencing, like we were sharing about how we're inviting men into the field, but it's like very specific yeah. men and witnessing connections with sisters forming with these men but then simultaneously it's not just one sister it's multiple sisters connecting with these specific (laughs) men and actually the power and the edge of the medicine that actually gets to be created by this and i should probably preface this with we are playing with this like notion around like polyamory like what does that look like and and we were saying as well, like what we mark is, is shared, like it's one of the, the fastest ways to shadows. Ding, ding, ding. Around how like, if you want to like really see your deepest shit, enter into polyamory. And yeah. this is something that we're getting to really witness around the importance of anchoring in the transparency within sisterhood Mm -hmm. and then also 
the actually the gifts that opens up the potential for like the triggering yes like the jealousy the not being chosen but there's also the capacity to lean into that yeah with sisters and within this safe container and I'm not saying that we're necessarily entering into polyamorous relationships individually but it's like this question around actually is there a gift in that and exploring that that gives us the capacity to practice more of that sovereignty for sure that gives us the practice for you know we go you're amazing at also doing these um, authentic relating yeah. workshops as well like we actually get to practice that in real life not in a workshop we get to is there space in relating and is it actually something that could be a really powerful tool to enter into consciously with the view to expanding and deeper healing, rapid healing around the sisterhood wound and men and competition for men being chosen by men to actually support us in anchoring into, like you said at the beginning, this unconditional loving frequency. What does it mean to love unconditionally? And like you were sharing as well, it's that like, into like what is my yes what is my no because that's where the unconditional love comes in it's can I love myself through this before I love anything else beyond me through this can I hold the field of unconditional love in every circumstance and what does that look like without me crossing my boundaries without me creating these subconscious patterns of like Mm -hmm. or stories of betrayal or mistrust or anything like that so I'm curious as to like what your thoughts are around this thing Uh, potential exploration of polyamory totally I think at the end of the day we kind of each have anchored that we really want monogamy and like we want our partner we want to come into divine union but there's also a process of getting there like I entered a polyam a, a poly relationship in 2018 and it was super expansive for me it really helped me kind of move through these like jealousy pieces and specifically around attachment and discerning the difference between attachment and unconditional love. It's like when we enter relationships, there's a part of us that we sometimes feel that the attachment is the love and actually the unconditional love flourishes without the attachment and the attachment sometimes takes us away from love. So we get to explore what it means to actually have a secure attachment style and practice these things in in poly connections. And I think right now, because we feel so comfortable with each other and so trusting of one another, when we invite a man to join us in one of our witchy rituals, it's almost like we, we all, also because we're so in tune with each other, we all magnetize to the same person a lot of times because we're on the same frequency. And so when that happens, we get to really explore wow, what does it feel like when I'm attracted to this human and I'm seeing you connect with him? And how does what does it bring up with me? And then how do we have this conversation and just share what's on our heart and really hold each other in that? And both sisters holding each other like, wow, I hear you that you're attracted to the same human and the same man and, and I'm attracted to him too. Like, what do we do? How do we want to navigate this? And where does our boundary and, and, our, and our allowance come in? And, you know, on this wheel of consent, like what are we willing to allow and, and what are we willing to you know accept in this beautiful container and, and and like how do we expand our hearts to allow for both and I know that you know one of our sisters ended up deeply exploring this 
um, two of our sisters with a man and it brought up so many powerful things and at the end of the day it's like just bringing both of them deeper into unconditional love so that they can meet their partner in divine union mm -hmm. and you know at one point I was thinking that wow, I don't want to open myself up to poly connections because it's going to bring me further away from divine union. I'm, I'm saying yes to something. And I'm, I'm, what I really deeply desire is monogamy. So if I say yes to this, it's going to pull me further away from that. And actually, it's not necessarily true. It's like we can, we can still anchor this vision of monogamy and divine union and go into this expansion of what does it feel like to remove any of these shadows and, and, and really like calibrate ourselves to deeper unconditional love so that we can hold an even greater container to hold our partner in in that. And like, just fuck yes. Like, and this is, this is something that I really love that you're addressing because when we see people sharing about divine union or sacred union, I really see that as a template it's a new a new template that we actually haven't experienced before and one of my teachers actually had shared um that you can't love other people unconditionally you can only love yourself unconditionally and it was every part of my body was like no like because there's a part of my mission personally that is deeply devoted to anchoring in the frequency of unconditional love beyond the bounds of our personal experience. Yeah. So I love that you're bringing this piece of unconditional love in because like you said, it's been this, the focus has been union and divine union, which is essentially, again, in my view, and you may agree, is two people who are unconditionally loving coming together in that unconditional love. And that's not to say that unconditional love is not having boundaries, that it's not having self-worth or it's losing yourself in another. It's actually, can I continue to choose to love this person and meet them as who they are today, not who they've been in the past, not who they were yesterday, not who I'm anticipating that they're gonna be in the future. Yeah. Can I love them and choose them today fully with my entire open heart, regardless of what they do. Mm -hmm. And again, that's not to create a container for mistreatment or abuse and acceptance of that, but it's actually when two people come together in the frequency of unconditional love, you can also trust that they're holding that frequency for the relationship and choosing love mm -hmm. in the relationship. And what that, means is and we see this as well in a lot of polarity teachings it's like the masculine desires freedom and the feminine desires love and that creates a lot of escapism around like well you're just gonna let your man be free and do what he wants and fuck who he wants and you just get to be devoted to love and like pouring into him is a distortion of the dynamic yes, that because we all sure. like <laughs> like and that's the danger of like speaking this like masculine feminine polarity Piece is because we all hold the masculine feminine frequencies within each of us and that's why I literally called my company liberation in love mm -hmm. because it's how do we find the union behind, behind liberation behind the liberation of choosing to love somebody and trust that they are also doing the most loving thing for them in that moment in their decisions and how they navigate and then if there is distortion in the field how can I bring this 
to that person in a way that is conscious, in a way that is loving myself through the contractions perhaps, through the discomfort and also holding space for that other person to have their experience and to be true to themselves. Mm. That's what it is. It's, It's the unconditional love is can I create enough safety and liberation within my own self that I can fully love another in all of themselves without the projection of you hurt me, you betrayed me, you're not choosing me, like whatever stories we're trying to create. And this is where like the sovereignty sovereignty piece comes in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I really love I yeah, that was beautiful. That was so perfect. And I think that uh, when we're on this path of spiritual awakening, there's what we're doing essentially is learning how to hold our power and not give our power away. And what that means is when someone hurts you or when somebody is triggering you, it's learning how to say, what can I take responsibility for in this scenario? What is mine? What is mine to actually process? If every single person in this world is a mirror, what are they actually teaching me? If this person was chosen to be my teacher in this exact moment, how am I able to evolve from this? And this isn't to say that you need to stay in abusive relationships. That is by no means the case. But in these scenarios, we get to look and say, okay, what is my peace in this? How am I actually growing in this? And how can I actually anchor more sovereignty and, and more personal power in all of these scenarios? And so when we're experiencing these different you know, pieces of, wow, I feel really betrayed right now. I feel really hurt right now. There's a part of us that gets, that gets to feel into what part of, where am I giving away my power in this situation? Okay, he betrayed me. I have the boundary. I have the self, enough self-worth to say, this is a boundary for me. You're able to be free and you're able to choose as you wish, but therefore so am I. And so my boundary here is if you do this, which you can, I get to also leave. And I have enough self-worth to actually do that. I don't need anything from this connection, from this human. Like I'm, 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 and I can also keep my heart open and unconditionally love without needing to continue to be in the container of the relationship. Let's say an agreement or a boundary is crossed, right? I really want to just like expand on what you just said really quickly because I think it's really powerful and really important to recognize what you just described around the boundaries piece the reaction or the response, it wasn't, I'm punishing you because you have betrayed me. Yeah. Right? It's not coming from that space of like, fuck you, I'm leaving because you did this. <laughs> yeah. There's a, it's a nuance. It's really, really important to like recognize, and I, I love that you just brought that up because it's like, okay, mm-hmm. a boundary, often a recognition of a boundary comes from a boundary being crossed. So it's that sovereignty piece and that self-worth piece of you're free to do what you want as opposed to fuck you for doing what you want. I'm leaving. It's a, okay. Like if that's what you're choosing, okay. Yes. And I'm now choosing to remove myself from the situation as opposed to you did this. So I'm going to do this because I'm annoyed or like it's triggered me or like, and I'm punishing you or this like shadowy yeah. stuff that can come in. And it's really powerful again with this sovereignty piece that I'm going to let you get back into, but That's I just wanted perfect. to draw a distinction to that so because 
it's a really fine line and sometimes like mm-hmm. I have to really check in with myself like am I is my little girl having a tantrum and is she trying to like now punish this person for hurting yeah. me or am I holding her in her hurt and saying okay babe we're gonna we're gonna leave mm-hmm. we can leave at any point like we don't have to punish anybody that's okay yeah and we get to leave yeah, I love that. I love that. And it's super important to acknowledge the inner, the, the little girl inside and just say, hey, it's or okay. Boy. <laughs> or little boy. Like, <laughs> I know your hurts. I know you're feeling abandoned or betrayed in this moment. And let's, like, love these pieces of yourself, whatever that is. And then there's the element of, you know, assuming or imagining that there is a an agreement inside of the container. You know, it doesn't have to be... A lot of people make assumptions of like, wow, we're in this relationship. This is what this means. But I think an actual, like a real relation, like a really strong relationship is when you've talked through all of the scenarios, you went, you, 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 you imagined all of the possibilities and you say, how does this feel if I do this? How does this feel if I do this? And you're able to literally form a container and create agreements inside of that container. And when these agreements are met, trust is created. And then Oh, you can surrender even deeper. When these agreements aren't met and they're not necessarily upheld, then there's a break of trust in the container. And then you have the opportunity to say, this isn't actually serving me. You know, there was trust broken. The foundation, the structural foundation of this container, this floor, isn't necessarily holding anymore. So either we can shift the container and the agreements, or I need to honor myself if this is what you're choosing and I get to do something else and find something else that's even more aligned, bringing me into deeper oneness with myself. Because if there's a part of me, and when we get to check in in that moment, it'd be like, is this coming from pain or is this coming from an expansion, a potential expansion, like an edge? And, and in that moment, if it's coming from a place of, this is crossing my boundary, this crossed the container, this crossed the agreement, we get to, we get to shift and find in a, a container that actually even more serves our expansion and our growth without shaming us and thinking, wow, you know, this, this, you know, I couldn't do it. You know, I felt it's not that it's wow. I get to love myself even further and find and really feel a container that can ex- support my expansion into unconditional love and come into even deeper levels of divine union and meet myself even deeper, my true self. You know, we're all wired in these specific ways. And I feel like we have a specific blueprint and when we're able to really like lean into that blueprint and be like, this is how I can open the most. This is how I can come deeply into unconditional love. I feel like that's when we actually meet ourselves in divine union. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just like taking a breath. Because <laughs> that was really, no, it was really powerful. And I think that like in throughout this conversation, like, I just want to clarify, we're not necessarily advocating that polyamory is a necessary step in divine union. (laughs) But the piece that you just touched upon is actually the communication around creation of a container through the ideation and the imagining of like, okay, like what feels good for you in this relationship? Like what feels like a boundary? Like if you kiss somebody else, that's a boundary right? Or if you have sex with somebody else, that's a boundary. Or even just if you're flirting, like, yeah, it's important for you to know and to have these conversations. And I think that the beauty around what I'm witnessing and people who are entering into these polyamorous relationships is the communication is clear as fuck. 
Yeah. Because the because clear. there's already the awareness that there's more than just two people. So it feels like the communication is really fucking clear around the boundaries, around how you relate with one another within that dynamic. And it happens generally because there are multiple people in it. But this is something that you get to bring into your, like you were just touching upon, like into your romantic relationships and having a clear idea of what you're available for. And I, and I know for myself, one of my big shadow pieces is like allowing the man to lead and allowing the man to like be the one who says when we're in the relationship. And therefore, like a lot of my history around relationships of not having these conversations because of the fear of, oh, he's going to be too needy or they're going to think I'm trying to like lock them down or like, you know, I don't want them to feel like I'm controlling or any of those pieces. But actually the clarity gifts expansion into deeper liberation and deeper love through just imagining. And I love that you said like, okay, playing with every single scenario, like what would happen in this? Like, how do you feel about this? And not just having the one conversation at the beginning of the relationship, but continuing to check in, have these relationship conversations like, hey, because again, something that can happen within relationship is that we, we get to know the person and we're like, okay, I know you. Because it creates safety within us. Like, I know who you are. I'm trying to predict, based on what I know of you, how you're going to behave so I feel more safe. Yeah. As opposed to really cultivating that sovereign safety within and going, I know I'm safe regardless of what you're choosing. Mm-hmm. And then checking in with, hey, like, maybe once a month. Yeah. Maybe like, no, yeah, for sure. You know, maybe twice a year, whatever feels good for you in the container of your relationship, but continuing to check in because it also gives that person the spaciousness for growth. You're not actually confining them to being a person that they were a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, because that doesn't feel liberating. Because we're always growing, we're always learning, we're always changing. And it feels like a cliche, like read it. I remember reading it in like all of the women's magazines, like communication is the key to relationship. And I'm like, okay, fine. But when you actually recognize how powerful having these conversations is and you learn to communicate in these ways, the stickiness between sisterhood, the stickiness between relationship, whether that's with one person, two people, 10 people, you, by claiming that sovereignty and really owning that sovereignty within yourself, being able to communicate clearly and practice in sisterhood with the clear communication. And this is like, I feel like a code. Like the sisterhood is where you get to play yes. with the fullness of who you are in a safe space to be held. Mm-hmm. And that is also something that people, a lot of people don't have. Yeah. Like we're really lucky and we're really grateful yeah. for the sisterhood. Totally. <laughs> and also just recognizing that almost all of us have extensive experience in Tantra. Yeah. And so we've been diving into these conversations. And I think in relationships, even if it's not polyamorous, I think it's still really important to define the container and not just assume, oh, yeah, we're choosing each other. And so we're fully choosing, you know, this is how we need to behave. There's actually a lot of power in communicating, hey, how would it feel if I went out to dinner with a coworker? How would it feel if I worked until 11 p.m., you know, with this, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I think a lot of these things go unspoken 
And then a lot of women feel disempowered in their voice. Like, wow, I don't feel comfortable sharing this with him. Yeah, he's going to think I'm needy. He's going to think that I, I'm not confident. And, and these conversations, especially in polyamory, you get to practice just having them. You know, even in, even in monogamy, practicing having these conversations and reforming the container. And I think having a once a month check-in is actually beautiful to be like, wow, in this container, I actually feel really good about, you know, reforming and re-meeting. Like, this is actually my boundary right now. This actually feels really good. It, it can change next month, but let's explore how this feels and, and expand or contract as we need to over time. I think this is like a foundation of a really healthy partnership and then nothing goes unspoken for potentially years at a time until couples are just married for 20 years never having sex anymore and not even able to make eye contact because so much stuff has been unspoken you know and i know we both like we both have been facilitating for couples and sometimes we sit down with couples who've been married for 20 30 years and it's like wow you guys haven't been able to make eye contact with each other or share how you feel and, and just sit with one another and, and, and breathe together. Like the basics kind of just go totally off the radar because of the communication piece being totally um, almost taboo, really. Yeah. yeah, and I think that something that you were sharing as well that I wanted just to end a little bit upon yeah. is the sexual piece. Mm -hmm. Is like having a monthly check-in around even like yes like how you're feeling around your boundaries but also what you're available for sexually because yeah. that can change like if somebody if a partner is for example like really stressed at work or they're going through like a big contract or they're just feeling really in that energy it can leave the other person perhaps feeling like shut out or not desired and so actually communicating around like what you desire sexually and that can be yeah. something or like what you're available for or like it goes beyond beyond sex into all areas of the relationship but it's just an example of something else that you can check in with so that to your point you don't end up 20 years down the line not even able to make eye contact because you've continued to just check in with that intimacy piece like and could you practice communicating your needs like I'm feeling really tender right now. Like I just really would love to be touched and stroked softly. I want to stroke my hair and like this is what I would feel really nourishing for me because again, we don't always check in and we fall into these habitual patterns that then actually don't create the spaciousness for expansion and liberation and freedom because we fall into this pattern of the known. So just creating that space to check in because there may be something that you don't know. And that's the beauty of relationship is that you get to, you're choosing to do life with that person and you get to continue to choose to expand into that and to meet them where they're at with the needs. And you get to run it through your own system as well, just because somebody's expressing their needs. Maybe it, it is not what you're available for. for sure. Maybe that's something that you don't desire and you get to express that. And then you get to enter into a conversation around, okay, like, what would feel good for both of us? For sure. Is there a negotiation? Yeah. Like, is there a way for both of us to to win? For example, if like I'm bleeding and I'm just like, oh, I just really want to tend to touch, but my partner is like feeling really horny. Okay, like for me to open, maybe I'm just like desiring that tend to touch. Maybe 
once we've done that, maybe I'm open enough to then want to have sex and to, to satiate that piece, but maybe not. And it's like that exploration of like desire for like, I desire to love and support you in your needs, to meet your needs without crossing my own. So is there a way? And it's again, coming back to that beautiful piece on sovereignty. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Amazing. So do you have any final pieces around sovereignty? Because I know that the chrysalis is a huge piece around like this ascension process, this like the layers, the the pieces that we move through to really return to that sovereignty. So I'd love for you like yeah. one like final sharing piece around like yeah. I'd like to share. Yeah, well, within the chrysalis, we have this program called Metamorphosis, and we've essentially created seven different stages of transformation, or metamorphosis, essentially. And it's the entire process of moving between levels of sovereignty, and it ends in divine union. So stage seven is about being in divine union with self. And what we kind of described here is like stage four. And stage four is it's like the mirrors of life, like learning about learning through the inner mirrors of life and into stage five, which is around anchoring the inner king and queen all the way to stage seven, which is like divine union with spirit. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like as we evolve and we awaken, there are certain things that we're learning to trust because we developed a trust with ourselves and certain things that we're learning to surrender into. And so in each phase of our awakening process, both of these pieces go through a layer of expansion and freedom when freedom is like the release. And expansion is the, the the opening into. And so, yeah, I think sovereignty is, you know, essentially us coming into oneness with God and oneness with spirit. And we're stepping into our power in different phases over time until we recognize that we are the we are God. We're the only thing that exists. And I think that throughout this whole journey of relating and relationships, what we're learning how to do is learning how to love ourselves unconditionally even more and learning through potentially pain, potentially pleasure, and finding these different states of being until we can actually just witness ourselves as spirit and an anchor in divine union and, and, and being in sovereignty with, with life, being responsible for all of it. Like sovereignty is like having our inner authority anchored and, give, and taking responsibility for everything that exists in this world. And so when we're taking full sovereignty for everything, we're also responsible for everything as, as if we are the creator of it all. And I think that's kind of where we get to go through this journey of awakening and evolution is like, how do we actually come into that place of taking full responsibility for our entire experience until we, we find ourselves in the creatorship role. We find ourselves in the driver's seat constantly as a state of being. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Final mic drop. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Wow. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing your magic. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Where can people find you? Oh, they can find me on Instagram mm -hmm. at Chelsea Zerna. They can find me at chrysalisspace.com. We have a bunch of free festivals um, throughout the year. So that's a great place where you can come and learn and experience and get a taste of medicine from our team and then master coaches that we bring on to teach. And, yes. and we'll put all of those in the 
footnotes in the show notes. And thank you for joining us in this episode today. I hope that it has planted a seed, expanded a piece. I hope that it has served you in in your journey where you're at right now. And I am sending you so much love. Thank you. Ah, this has been wild and tame. Ow! Ow! <laughs>